Welcome to the Herb Nerd Podcast with enlightening interviews where vibrant and diverse teachers, authors, and healers talk about a variety of topics such as self-healing, herbalism, and spirituality. And now your guy, my mom, the Herb Nerd. Hi Herb Nerds, it's Monica here. Welcome. Today we're going to be talking with a friend of mine. Her name is Brooke Sullivan. We're going to be talking about Tantra yoga and Tantra herbalism and radical healing. And I think you're going to really, really enjoy it like I did. It's a juicy one. But before we go into the interview, I just want to share what I've been up to lately. So out on our property months ago, we fell a bunch of trees, some ponderosa and sugar pine, and we had a miller come out and mill it. So we have a huge pile of wood right by our yurt, and it smells heavenly. So that wood is going to be for our house, and we submitted our plans to the county, so now we wait. I'll just keep you updated on that whole process so that you know what's going on. It's fun to share the process with you all. It sure is. I've been up to, I guess, a lot of things. I quit my job, which is huge. I quit my job at Serenity in Roseville, California. I've been there for over five years, and I just felt like it was time for me to move on. And I love it there, and I'll probably go there often to visit with all my friends, but I just felt like I grew to the capacity that I could grow and I feel like I really want to devote myself to my podcast and to my tea company that I'm launching soon. At the end of the day, we only have so many hours that we can work on what we love and it's hard. I love doing body work and I love doing consultations and so it was really hard to make that decision, but I've done that you know, for five years, and I had this feeling inside that what I really, really wanted to do was to be a formulator. It's what I've always wanted to do, and I feel like now I'm able to walk into that light, be a formulator, and start my Etsy business, and get into that, and I hope to bring you more podcasts in the future. I believe that when we close a big door, I believe that sometimes an even bigger door will open. That's how we create space for new things to emerge. So that's what I'm up to. That's pretty big. Uh, The last thing that is going on, (laughs) I'm going to Burning Man. I'm really excited. I'm kind of feeling the spirit of Burning Man. And I am almost done writing an article called A Burning Man's Herbal Survival Guide. And it's all about how to prepare for Burning Man with using herbal helpers. So what to do beforehand. I talk about adaptogens and how adaptogens help you adapt to stress because it is super stressful. It's a lot of fun, but the preparation can be a lot of work and the drive can be a lot of work. And generally at the end, people don't feel their best because of all the stress that their body has gone through and their mind has gone through. So we talk about adaptogens also protecting us from pathogens. We go into uh, an herbal first aid kit, what you can bring with you to make your trip even more pleasant. And then I go into post-Burning Man, uh, what generally happens with the lungs and a weakened immune system. I give a recipe of a blend that you can make at home to help support your lungs if you're going on this trip or if you have a dry hacking cough. I will have a link on that article to my Etsy page. Yeah, so another way to get that article is that if you go onto my website, it's www.theherbnerdpodcast.com and you sign up for my newsletter, I'll send it to you. If you're going to Burning Man and you have an herbal-inspired camp, please let me know. I would love, love, love to visit you. Let me know where I can find you 
and your camp's name. And if you want to find me, I'll be at Burntown, which is 730 and Freak Show. And we're doing herbal snuffs, herbal powders, herbal snuffs up the nose. So that's really fun to experience. So I hope to see you at Burning Man if you're coming. I think it's a great, great fun place to let go of what you've been holding on to and making new friends and just being silly and having a good time and create connections. So anyhow, let's go into the interview. We're going to talk with Brooke Sullivan and I hope you love it. Please leave a review on iTunes. That really helps. I am so appreciative. I read each and every one of them and they all touch me dearly in my little heart space. So keep it up. I love to know that you're enjoying the podcast and it's just really special when you leave reviews. So check that out. Sign up for my newsletter on my website and I hope you enjoy the podcast. Let's go. Brooke Sullivan is an herbal yogini and director of the Sage Apprenticeship, which is a school of Tantra and radical healing. <laughs> so, Brooke, can you paint us a picture of how you have come to know herbs and yoga? Just share your journey with us a little bit so people can get to know you a little bit more. Sure, yeah. yeah. So you asked me, when did I start yoga and this right. path? and it was really both, you know, the yoga and the herbs fell into my lap when I was pregnant um, almost 15 years ago and in midwifery school. And I got pregnant or found out I was pregnant three days before I started midwifery school. And I remember being so scared that they were going to kick me out of the program like a fool. <laughs> and I asked the teacher, oh, can I stay? And she said, are you crazy? Of course, you know. So it was really beautiful to learn um, uh, it was a school that was really largely revolved around being empowered as a woman mm -hmm. and giving us the skills to catch babies, of course, but there was a huge, huge portions dedicated to herbalism and to homeopathy and to self-care. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting that on the outside while she also mentioned one day in class that getting pregnant and having and birthing a baby is like training for a marathon. You want to do it right. You want to be your best. And right get all of the pieces in line. And so I felt that the only thing that I didn't have was yoga. I'd heard yoga was pretty cool for the body and I was a dancer. And so I started three months pregnant um, with Ashtanga yoga, which is a very physical form of yoga. Mm -hmm. And it does have a spiritual quality too, but I wasn't, um, I wouldn't say I knew I was a spiritual person back then. I was kind of just more of like a tough go-getter mm -hmm. type A personality. want to mm -hmm. just tackle it all and mm -hmm. calm my mind. I had a really racing mind. And Ashtanga yoga was designed more for young boys, right? Totally. Yeah. Young <laughs> adolescent boys. I had my daughter and it was, it was an amazing birth because I really felt that the tools of breath and the skills that I had learned through midwifery, which were namely... Um, what helped me in the pregnancy and the birthing, the birthing arena, I want to say, mm -hmm. um, were, you know, my herbal allies. Mm -hmm. So I had a lot of nettles and red clover and um, oat straw. And then even in the birth, I birthed Saki is her name, Breach in my living room. I had room. no idea. Yeah. She wow. was a Frank Breach. So folded in half like a little yogi. Really? But first. And, um, and the thing with breach is they, it can be scary because the body can come out because they're butt first, right? The body can come out, but the head might take a moment. So the mama can't be scared. She has to be relaxed to open. Right. And so my midwife knew that if I had any fear, I might clamp up and that would be where the issues would start. So she is this cutest little granny midwife. Mm -hmm. She got into my kitchen and she's pounding kava kava roots and her long dreadlocks are swinging. In the, and I'm just watching. <laughs> it's like this surreal moment. I'm oming with every contraction and she's pounding this kava root mm -hmm. and then handing me um, teas to drink. And so I would drink the kava and I'd walk all around the cul-de-sac just oming with every contraction. Mm -hmm. And I did that about seven times around our neighborhood mm -hmm. until finally I was ready to open and, and really give birth. And so the, the journey of motherhood and bringing her into the world was super scary right. because it's like your heart is outside of you. This little being you're totally responsible for is completely relying on you. And 
so I'm again a type A nerd, you know, I felt it was really important that I empowered myself to um, know how to take care of my family. Right. And so I studied a lot. Uh, I, I call it, you know, a toilet reader, you know, always having the books everywhere, <laughs> you know, oh, I know. stacked up on the toilet. Um, but then, you know, I, I actually enrolled in herb school so that I could really understand what's growing all around me and be able to bring in food as medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, I studied a lot of homeopathy, and that's mm-hmm. been absolutely invaluable in our family. Mm-hmm. Um, homeopathy is really gentle and powerful and very effective for children mm-hmm. and animals. And so oh, that's okay. a lot of where I gained my skills was with our community, with our children and our animals. And... Um, yeah, so that was a big piece of why I fell in love with it. It was really finding that empowerment of being able to take charge of our health and not have to rely on somebody else and, mm-hmm. you know, for the simple boo-boos and scrapes, but then even, you know, stronger issues, you know, stronger fevers where, you know, the it's nighttime or you can't get to a doctor and how, what are you going to do? And so... Um, that was a very practical, those are very practical skills to have. And simultaneously learning yoga, moving out of it, just being a physical practice into really understanding, oh my goodness, I am, I'm a very spiritual being. It was like this big aha that I had in my twenties or maybe Mm -hmm. thirties actually. Mm -hmm. And to be able to nourish that really helped me bring on even a, a bigger dimension of empowerment in my life. And and in others as well. So where yoga really helps, and especially Tantra yoga really helps with the um, the path of herbalism, is it helps to not only get you into your physical body's wholeness, mm-hmm. but it brings you into this more, I, more a deeper understanding into the subtle realms and, uh, and energy and energy management, and then even how energy affects our minds and our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, we're living in a really crazy time right now. Mm-hmm. It appears to be that. It also appears to be an absolutely beautiful time where there's so mm-hmm. much potential. And we need radical healing. We need radical healing. Mm-hmm. And we need empowered people. Yeah. And, yeah, and so I think my path has definitely come from the inside out as well as the outside in out of necessity. And this this walk, this double journey of being a tantric yogini mm-hmm. and on the herbal and radical healing path, Mm -hmm. it all weaves in together and has supported itself so much and enhanced my own life as well as I just, I share everything that I know that I'm seeing people wake up and a lot of ahas in their lives too. Mm -hmm. So it just was an, like a, a, an outpouring of my heart. It was very natural. Uh, I had a, a really dear friend of mine named Daisy and on the East Coast. She asked me, hey, you know, you have all these skills. I have all these skills. Let's start this school together. So we started this program called the Shanti School mm-hmm. in Asheville, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it was based on yoga, Ayurveda, herbalism, and energy healing. Wow. Yeah, it was really, really powerful. We did 18-month programs Mm -hmm. where we brought people out into the field. So we're in nature and Mm -hmm. meditating under the trees, really connecting to the roots and to the earth. And then um, I brought in this yogic piece where... You know, you're you're wanting to learn about these plants. You're really wanting to connect, but yet you're still all up in your head and you're thinking about what you have to cook for dinner and making shopping lists already in your head. Very distracted. Right. And so what um, what I realized is if we could blend the two together, so let's do a little pranayama, let's gather the distracted thoughts so mm-hmm. we're clearer and more focused and even direct our energy more into... Um, this internal awareness and the heart connection then come from there to meet with the plants. It Mm. gives you a deeper and stronger connection to the plants Mm -hmm. and even stronger insights about who you are in relationship, in relationship to yourself, Mm -hmm. in relationship to the planet and in the relationship to other people. God, I love meditating with herbs. Oh yeah. There's such helpful little, I love meditating with herbs because I feel like I really need that guidance and that support because meditation can be really challenging for Mm. me, you know, and I've learned a lot about herbs through meditating with them. So is that a little bit about what you were doing? 
Yes, definitely. Yeah. So there, there's a component of plant spirit journeying where you're wanting to know what is this plant about? I'm not going to mm-hmm. even read it in a book, you know, and, mm-hmm. and what is this relationship this plant has with me or to me? And you can, of course, do that by tasting little drops of a tincture or eating a little leaf. Or mm-hmm. I like to even sometimes just hold the flower while it's still on the stem and sit really close to the flower mm-hmm. without even picking it and just asking, Okay, you know, what are you about? What is, what is it that you want to show me? And what is our relationship together, I think, is really the biggest question. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so we're bringing Tantra into the herbs now. Right. Each, so I'm going to backtrack a little bit where... Um, one of the definitions of Tantra, Tantra is a very charged word, and one of the definitions of Tantra is the science of energy management. Mm-hmm. Another definition is to um, expand or even to weave. Mm-hmm. A third definition is to be able to move beyond one's limitations. So whether it's physical limitations, mental limitations, such as fear or doubt blocking you from really being courageous and mm-hmm. full of light or life in the world. Um, but one of my favorites is really around the science of energy and what, what does that really mean? Mm-hmm. And how this links in with the herbs is, you know, herbs themselves, the plants themselves, have their own unique energy, and we call this prana shakti. So we as humans come into this planet, this life, with a unique purpose each plant also comes in with a unique purpose. Oh, neat. So this is the prana shakti right. of a plant and of a being. And mm-hmm. on the path of tantra, as a yogini, we're really at first trying to figure out what is our purpose. And I would say our modern-day society as a tantric, it's the first thing that should be probably our question is, why are we here? Right. What are we doing? What am I supposed to be doing? Like, right. not from what you tell me to do, but what is it inside my heart, inside my soul Mm -hmm. that I really need to be living out to fulfill my mission here? Mm -hmm. That can be a very challenging question for people to, to cue in and hear and to remember, because I think there is a remembering. I think that, I think that there's cues of when we were small little children and how we played that we kind of show like that's how we're interacting with our environment. That's how we are expressing our inner joys and our special gifts. But I think it can be really challenging when you when you feel lost and you don't know what to do. Do you have any suggestions of how to answer that question for people? Yeah, that's that's one of I think um, that question right there has landed me into why I do this work mm-hmm. right? with both the yoga and the herbs, and I would say tantra of herbs, and it is it's really confusing. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're not dedicating, um, education towards the children and really discovering who they are before their environment tells them who they should be. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of pressure on people of, you know, who you can be or who you shouldn't be. And you need to make money and you need to live in this kind of house with this particular lifestyle or whatever, you know, with every person it's different depending on their upbringing and mm-hmm. um, a lot of our lives are spent just taking off those shackles you know and just stripping free from what other people are perceiving of us which is a very external view an external worldview and instead it's let's get still let's get quiet really tune in and listen what is it that we want mm-hmm. you know so part of this radical healing is just get still stop for a minute you know right breathe, tune in, who are, who are you and what is it that you want? And you can feel it when you're doing something that you don't want to be doing. You feel heavy. You might feel confused or disoriented or even on another end of the spectrum, you can feel anxious, you know, anxiety Mm -hmm. because, oh, there's no time for me to do this thing that I love because I'm tending to X, Y, and Z first, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that, um, the the beauty of being able to work with um, plants and the be- the beauty of what tantra offers is really there's a Sanskrit word called svadharma, where sva means individual it's S V A and dharma is path right, so we have each of us have come in for a unique purpose and we need the tools and the right company and the right environment, just like a plant does to be Mm. able to know and tap into what that purpose is. I love how you have just 
looked at the common ground between plants and humans in that way. That's so great. Nice, right? Because we are plants. I feel like we're, we're plants. We're a little more vocal, a little more mobile. <laughs> They're kind of stuck. But they right. smell good, you know, and that's their vocality, you know, mm-hmm. their, their expression. And they have a communication network underground, too. Right. 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 I'm thinking of, like, the aspen trees, some of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're one of the largest networks, right, of, of a being on the planet. And they can communicate from one side of the forest to the other that, hey, there's a fire. Mm-hmm. Release the chemicals. Protect yourselves, you know. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, the plants, the plants are so beautiful in that they are our allies and they are our teachers and they are those beings that help us to remember who we are. So you said how... You know, what are the tools? How can we get back to that of right. our own remembrance of soul purpose, svadharma? What is it that, that we need to be doing here? And, and we can bring this into one of, the, one of my favorite teachings of Tantra is actually called Svatantra. And it's the tools that say you need, Monica, to really make you feel healthy in your body, mm-hmm. really... Um, light in your heart, Mm -hmm. uh, shiny in your personality, Mm -hmm. and clear in your mind, those tools that enhance all of those things in you may be absolutely different tools for what I would need to do the same thing for me. I love that. And you know, you, you reminded me there, there was a time when we first worked together. It was the very first day that we worked together. And I was like, oh, who's this new you person, you know, and at that time we formulated together because you were just starting. Mm-hmm. And I remember this woman came in and she, she was kind of, um, brooding in her, her own anguish and frustration. <laughs> yeah, and you, you mentioned to her, you know, I, when I see you, I see black cohosh. Mm. And I remember even that was offensive to her. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that plant. I was like, I'm not being mean. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful plant. You have no idea. But but then starting to look at people like plants, that's when it mm. happened for me was that conversation. That whole interaction was like, oh, oh, I totally see that now. But I had not made mm. the correlation between that. But there yeah. are different constitutions and and at times in people's life, they really kind of mirror nature in yes. plants. Do you see it still? Totally, <laughs> totally. And I think I love how you're you're bringing it back to that because when we first started, you you just kind of asked me paint your picture mm-hmm. of what it is that you do, and that's how I look at radical healing and, and just healing in general. Is if someone's coming to me, a student or a client or a friend. And they're describing all of these symptoms. How I see it is as a portrait, and I and that that is definitely a homeopathic, I guess, entryway into healing. That's how the, the homeopaths view healing: is how can you match the symptoms as much as possible to a particular plant or remedy in nature? And yeah, so that woman, I remember, she had this like dark hair and was very intense, very strong. Um, but you could feel that there was this light in her just waiting to be mm-hmm. revealed. And she's rigid. Yeah. Very rigid. I remember. Yeah. And that's that totally so that plant with the rigid stalk and it's definitely, but the roots just are everywhere. Uh-huh. Gnarly, <laughs> like downy, get, witchy. Get in there. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But that's, that is really true. And I think so. Here is this, um, what I feel you're sharing is how do we see each other and how do we find those tools, you know, and it's sometimes it's just talking, reflecting Mm -hmm. back and forth. Um, But sometimes it's that meditation where you can connect to a plant, just sit next to a plant and really understand that although the books may say that St. John's Wort is just for depression, really, when I sit by this plant, Mm -hmm. I get protection. I get mm. um, this communication that there is uh, light all around in the world and that I don't have to wallow in darkness, whether it's darkness of the mind or mm. fear. And that, shoot, you know, when I hold this plant or when I rub the oil on my back, my, you know, <laughs> this sciatica really starts to feel better, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's us really tuning into a living being. And, right. and that's 
and I think that is such a healing, like a, a radical healing gesture right there in a, a very disconnected society where we're on so many screens and we're in our houses all separated from one another that we have a large sickness and illness of disconnect and mm-hmm. um, learning about what is growing in your backyard. Even if you just, if you live in the city and you have um, two plants outside, just getting to know who they are, what they are about, whether it's you sitting and asking or you reading about it, mm-hmm. creates this connection that softens the boundaries of the you and the world. And you begin to embrace the world in a more heartfelt way. And then you're also opening yourself up to that plant speak. They call it the, the green language, right? the green tongue. Right? And then you get to hear, like, what are, what, what, is, what are these green beings about? And for me, when I first had a tree kind of talk to me, it was so wild, you know? I just was like, what? Did that really just happen? Mm-hmm. Um, but it opened up something in me that I could say it's a heart. It was more from my heart, uh, listening more from my heart. But it offered a healing so deep that it went beyond doing the right diet, taking the right tinctures, mm-hmm. um, having the right exercise, getting the right sleep. You know, all right. of that is a factor. Right. But I think to really fall in love with our world and to honor our world, to become stewards of our world, mm-hmm. really creates this depth of connection not only to our world but to ourselves. Mm. Beautifully said. So another part of Tantra is energy management. Mm. What does that mean for you? That's a great question, yeah. This is a difference between classical yoga and Tantra yoga. Mm. Classical yoga is the, the scripture, the text of classical yoga is the Patanjali Yoga Sutras. And it's a beautiful text, ancient text. Uh, about 2,500 years old, that really describes yoga psychology. And it's really understanding the mind. And how it works is by looking at the mind to understand the mind. Now, if you think about that, think that through, like, that's really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, if I That's following thoughts, right? It's following thoughts, but trying to shape thought with thoughts. So if I have a negative thought, stop that negative thought, Brooke, you know, and then the next negative thought, oh, but I'm judging that negative thought. And then you start to get in this argument in your own mind. So mm-hmm. if, if we don't have a very strong mind, if we haven't cultivated and refined the mind, we can get in this tangled labyrinth. or, you know, a hamster wheel, and it's really hard to get out of that. Um, That makes meditation really, really hard. Which is why meditation is so hard for everyone. Mm -hmm. Because we are in a society where it's highly intellectualized. Everyone is up in the head. And the reason being is because our energy is up in the head. We let our energy float up there. We're not grounding down, digging our toes in the dirt, getting off the computers, really wiggling our bottoms, feeling the chair, you know, where you feel energy is moving down, <clears throat> that then takes that energy out of the mind. When energy is floating up in the mind, the mind starts to get busier and busier. So the tantrics recognized this and they said, well, instead of trying to work with thought to change thought, we work with prana or energy to change thought. And so how they did that is with breath. Hmm. So breath and energy are linked. Breath is considered the most gross version of spirit. And it's the bridge between the body and the minds. Exactly. So we can work with just stabilizing the breath, very simply dropping the breath down so you feel it in your belly. You know, people Mm -hmm. say that, take 10 deep breaths. So what's that doing? It's slowing down these racing thoughts by bringing energy awareness Mm -hmm. down into the belly Mm -hmm. where it's, that's a beautiful technique and concept because that's where we integrate, we digest Mm -hmm. food and life experience. So we can take a moment to pause and reassess. Mm -hmm. So the, the philosophy of Tantra being the science of energy management is really being aware of energy, being able to um, move energy mm-hmm. in a way that serves. Mm. The school of Tantra that I come from is called Sri Vidya Tantra. It's the Himalayan Institute of Yoga Science and Philosophy. We have a campus in Kajarahu in India and also in the Poconos. And the, I think the beauty of it is really it's, it's all about 
merging science and philosophy. So everything lands in methodology. I'm also a pitta, vata pitta, I guess sometimes, but Mm -hmm. um, it's really important to me to really um, stack things or layer things in a way that I can understand them, Mm -hmm. that I can digest them with my bodily experience, but also get to a place where I really understand mentally what's going on. And then I want what's next, Mm -hmm. what is next. And then you receive the next higher teaching, right? Mm-hmm. Or in this case, the tantrics, it's the next secret teaching. You know, it's all, all about unlocking secrets. the secrets. My Scorpio said love secrets. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yes. So the, um, this science of energy management, I think is where, I mean, for so many reasons, I've fallen in love with the practices because they, I feel like they've swept me up and just carried me forward. But again, it links back to the plants mm-hmm. where... You know, um, plants have a lot of uh, particular constituents in them that work on us on a physical level and really help us with balancing our organ systems, balancing our organs. But then there's also this prana shakti, this energetic component of plants and wisdom of plants. They're life force. Oh my gosh, right? That sparks in us also this awakened illumined life force which mm. in the old school herbal talk it's vitalism this mm-hmm. is vitalist herbalism mm-hmm. and um, and you consider yourself a vitalist herbalist right I, I do yeah I do I think that um, we don't need a lot we don't need to know a thousand different herbs I think to know a handful of plants that are our allies so this is getting into the simpler mm-hmm. method also um, is is really are really wonderful tools for if my belly is upset for example um and i know about three herbs that i really work with and i've been i've sang to them in the field i've harvested them Mm -hmm. i've made medicines out of them i have a particular relationship to them and these are dandelion burdock and yellow dock Mm -hmm. they're my faves um, your BFFs, my BFFs of digestive herbals. Yeah. <laughs> and for me, they, by getting to know them, really their spirit and physically taking them, I just, I feel I'm, I'm getting all angles in this relationship with a living being. And so when I need to be working with another person, say giving them my tinctures, I know that I'm carrying this Shakti forward where mm-hmm. it's, my relationship to the plant is now going to help you if you're a newbie to herbalism Mm -hmm. um will kind of awaken that within you and and for some reason it still seems to work that that seems to work maybe i'm just full of it but that's (laughs) that's a it will it's like you're an herbal matchmaker you know just think of like two people and you're like oh i love person number one and i love person number two and i see that they have some common ground they would make excellent friends you're just like the one bringing, you know, person one to person two and connecting them. Verbal matchmaker. That's so true, right? <laughs> and again, it's painting that portrait and you just start to see, you know, someone's talking to you about an issue that they have and the plant is whispering to you behind your ear. Oh, that's what it feels like. <laughs> Pick me. Right? I'm right here. I'm the one. And sometimes, you know, 10 will want to jump forward. You're like, oh, goodness, that's a lot of you. And you just yes. got to sit into which one's good. Um, <laughs> but then I guess to get into a little more of energy, uh, that's being a yogi and sitting with the plants. Um that's really where my heart is. I Mm -hmm. love working with the spirit of the plants Mm -hmm. and working with the spirit of people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I try to get with my students and with my clients, try to help them move beyond the story that hooks them, that drama that drags you down, but Mm -hmm. instead is to recognize the patterns Mm -hmm. and to be able to hold your highest self along with that pattern and see, okay, how can I be in my own awareness and shift things, right? Mm -hmm. So this brings us to the other definition of Tantra, which is to be able to move beyond Mm -hmm. your own limitations. Right. Yeah. And to talk full circle, um, the programs that I teach now, the Sage Apprenticeship, it's, uh, it's empowerment. How can we really learn together what tools Mm -hmm. will you need and it doesn't have to be a ton but it can Mm -hmm. be you know your your allies that you can start to be able to build your 
your sangha, your plant community, to really illumine and awaken the the dormant places within you that really are Mm -hmm. not of fear, not of grief, not of um, confusion, Mm -hmm. and instead are the pieces of you that you know are strong and capable and able to really be a fulfilled person in life and happy in life. Mm. And so the the plant energetics I feel potentize the yoga practices and the yoga practices potentize the herbal wisdom. I love that you've drawn these two traditions together because sometimes I feel a disconnect between my yogi friends and my herbal friends. Like, they both know of each other, and some people share both. Um, but, yeah, there. I think a bridge between the two is really needed. It, it, that's what you do in your school, right? Mm-hmm. What you I learn do. and teach. Yeah, that's a... I think this is the best-kept secret right now that I feel like I'm just unleashing. I do draw a lot of yogis and a lot of herbalists to my programs, and they usually become besties, you know, it's definitely a community. Oh my goodness. We, it's a community enrichment kind of, or just rediscovering one another. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. And the, the programs are uh, right now they're four month programs and I have ones that are different varying lengths, but you know, we meet regularly and, diving deep into the yoga practices, we get that remembrance of our own potential, who who we are innately. And then we go out into the wild, into the field, and we'll meet the plants, or we'll be doing the yoga in the plants, and then we share. So we always have these circles where we're sharing our experiences. And more often than not, we're realizing how all of our commonalities. And then the places where we're stuck, again, hooked in those dramas or stories that don't serve, the community usually rises up and and just is it's so kind and loving to have that support that network of people on this same mission of just wanting to be healthy whole happy and connecting to the earth and stewarding the earth to say hey no you're you know you're not worthless or mm-hmm. you're not weak like where are you seeing this weakness in you be the strong piece of you or a, a big one that I'm hearing a lot lately is too intense. Oh, I have uh, some students that are saying that people perceive them as being too intense, right? You know, because they have a lot of wisdom to share, or they know who they are, and mm-hmm. and so it's it's really wonderful to be doing this dance where we're learning how to be human and learning how to be in relationship in a a very sacred space with one another and it's an apprenticeship so they're small small programs and Mm -hmm. yet also how can we bring that into the world and not just hold it and be the ascetic yogi that's not the tantric the tantrics are out there they're in the field (laughs) they're you know there's this whole um aspect of tantra it's all all about sex and all about that kind of connection but really Mm -hmm. it's being able to be in the world successfully Mm -hmm. being able to honor the body as a temple and to be embodied instead of being the yogi covered in ash in the cave, meditating, mm-hmm. disconnected from their family. Right. So the tools of Tantra are really, I feel, herbal wisdom. Mm-hmm. You know, the tools of that uh, just being in community and being in relationship and being able to speak authentically is, is a tool. Um, it, it enables us to move through these blocks and limitations that previously we've held back out of fear, mm-hmm. doubt, worry, mm-hmm. um, wanting to hide. Right. <laughs> <laughs> also, with Tantra, you talk about expansion. Do you mean expansion mm-hmm. of one's oneself, one, one's limitations, or how, how can mm-hmm. you define that expansion? This is such a good question, too. Okay, so um, in the... I talked about the plants have a language, right? Mm-hmm. I think Matt Wood talks about that, the green, the green language, the we tantric. Love Matthew we Wood. love Matthew. This is so <laughs> one of my teachers too, one of our teachers. Yeah. Um, the tantrics talked in the twilight language of the sages. What does that mean? Right? What is that? It sounds so poetic and lovely and it really is. And what they what they talked about was this concept of sun, moon and fire. And so the sun represents prana, 
power, life force. Mm -hmm. The moon represents the mind. And just like the mind, the moon is ever changing. Mm -hmm. Just like the moon, the mind is ever changing. And then fire is spirit. It's that ability to be um, awake, um, fearless, courageous, connected, expanded. It's essentially kundalini, awakened. Mm-hmm. Intense or no? It can be intense if you're not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Again, okay. this is why the science of Tantra and this school, Sri Vidya Tantra, is really important because it, you, you start at the root. You know, you start at the very base and then you build up with um, cleansing, clearing out your energy channels, really learning how to balance the mind, mm-hmm. um, and bringing in more prana. Well, prana is the sun, right, in the twilight language, but it's also power. Mm-hmm. So this expansion of Tantra is really being more powerful. Mm-hmm. That's another definition of Tantra is power, which could be a school or the science of understanding what power really is. Right. When I first heard this, I think I cringed because, you know, it's like, ah, what is power? Power? I had a real hang up with the word power for a long time, a long time too. And I don't think, I probably have some shreds left behind, but yeah, I'm I'm trying to embrace that word more. Hey, Isn't that strange? But it seems like you had a little bit of tension towards the word power before right yeah Yeah. well what is that is that because we're women right is that because we're on a spiritual path probably all of that you look in our history as women the powerful women the healers were burned the people Mm. who spoke up you know you speak up you're more in the limelight and you can get hurt Mm -hmm. right so that's one aspect of why maybe we don't want to claim our power right maybe we don't want to be seen Mm -hmm. but then another piece of why I cringe is the the powers that be seem to be evil, manipulative, and greedy. You know, that was my understanding of what power is. It's right. Like something over you and I will hurt you or burn you, you know? Right. And so um, to look at it through the tantric lens is really look at what power is. Power is just shakti. It's energy. It's prana. It's mm-hmm. movement. And all the other stuff is like egoic will. Yes. Put on it. Yeah. And that could be will that's stronger over and I have power over you mm-hmm. or it could be I am less than and playing the 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 martyr or the hidden one right mm-hmm. and and these practices uh help us to remember that it's really important to actually own our power mm-hmm. so whether we are like my students say they're so intense and their power is too big we need to own it to be okay I have a lot of power moving through me I better make sure that my mind is clear and my I'm, I'm, I'm approaching speaking to someone with a softness so that when my words come out, I'm not blasting negativity and I'm cutting them with a razor-edged sword, you know? Right. So we can work with power by, again, working with the mind, making mm-hmm. sure that the mind is steady and we can... Um, cleanse and purify our body so we're not full of toxins and we're just angry powerful people mm-hmm. um but i think also it's it's building power so power can be vitality mm. and <clears throat> in our society right now we have this go 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 mindset where we're burning the candle at both ends because we're trying to accomplish so much we are trying to be powerful but that energy again is floating all up into our heads we're on the computer we're over intellectualizing everything we're not embodying life force we have to bring it down to the belly we have to bring it down to our wombs as women Mm -hmm. we have to recognize that slowing down and putting boundaries up are actually empowering Mm -hmm. and help us to reclaim that vital force which is reclaiming our power all the way down to our roots Mm -hmm. so that we can expand in that concept of tantra in the places where we were dormant or hidden so i had a very you know one of my biggest fears ever was speaking in front of people period that's mine too right and look at us what are we doing right now I have to kind of trick myself with that one. It's hard. It's even like in my astrological charts. They're always like, oh, yeah, you're not really good at speaking in front of people. I'm like, I know. But if I'm working through it, this is part of my process of healing. And that's the key. That's the total key to Tantra here. So we have the planets, you know, are 
um, how we're born into this world. We definitely, if you're of the astrological bend and, and view, which I am, I believe that, yeah, that the planets definitely have an effect on us. The moon has an effect on us. So we can kind of be like puppets in mm-hmm. the game of the cosmos. And if you are, you know, if you believe in reincarnation, we come in with particular karmas that are also blocks to us really living our dreams or our sole purpose. And the tools of Tantra, bringing them in, are really to be able to burn those patterns, to burn the karmic cords that really keep us in um, distraction and disempowerment from really doing what we need to do. So that's the power and the expansion that Tantra brings. But we can expand in the places that we really want to expand, and we can lessen the charge of the places that don't serve us. Mm. And we can do that through our own intention, through our own powerful thoughts, mm. clarity of mind, because we've been working with energy, and we've been working with um, meditative tools and mm-hmm. herbs, right? right? So right. we can bring in, say, the flower essences. Mm-hmm. Right? Some of my favorite plant allies for working with energy and working with the mind and the psyche. I know, we know we have this fear. Mm-hmm. We might have had it for 10 years, and um, mimulus is a plant that grows all over our, I know, our American river and all around in Northern California. And it's a beautiful plant, a little yellow monkey flower with little red freckles. It's like a snapdragon. <laughs> totally like face. a snapdragon. Yeah. yeah, like it wants to eat away your fears. Yeah. And it's oh, going to really? eat away those known no fears. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that's had, how it's used? Uh, yes. So it's for known fears. And my, my second time meeting this plant, the first time I met this plant, I was taking a group, I was doing a yoga, tantra yoga on the river, rafting mm-hmm. trip. We were that doing whitewater rafting. It was amazing. <laughs> um, with Rise Up River trips, and we were taking a group through what's called the tunnel chute, and it's like, I don't know, I want to say a class six rapids. It's crazy, oh, no. right? And, uh, and so the, the whole layout was... I had a methodology to it where we brought in plants, like essential oils. It was clary sage. I had people journey with the plant where the nervous system became balanced. The mind became focused. Then we hop onto the raft. Then we go down this insane tunnel (laughs) chute, which is not even natural. It's man-made, so there are sharp edges. It's kind of crazy. Oh, gosh. But the the whole journey was all about transforming fear and embracing your power. Very tantric, right? Going in one chute and out the end. And out the end. Exactly, right? There it is. (laughs) Totally. But everyone was so clear that the whole... All of the raft guides were even like that. We have never had everyone so in unison before, you know, because we were journeying with the plants and, and bringing in the plant medicine. We came out to the other side and we climb up this hilltop where there's this cave in the mountain and we were going inside to Ohm. It's like this Ohm tunnel and pulsing, vibrant, just amazing sound vibrations. And we come out and I look down and for the first time I meet this plant and it's memulous. Oh. Right after we'd all just moved through our fears, the wow. known fear of this really scary tunnel shoot, which actually is not that bad, but it is, you know, when you're first, your first timer. Um, but I met, I met that plant then, and um, then the second time I met it was actually again on the river. This is this was the Yuba River with my dog Otis Funkmeyer, and he fell in, and he no. started getting sucked in by the waterfall, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm jumping into the waterfall trying to just catch him and love him and we can do this i'll roll down there with you buddy (laughs) and i caught him and i'm trying to pull him up on this rock and Uh lo and behold the little mouthy snapdragon mimulus is peering around (laughs) and there it is the plant world again is will catch your fears you know i guess it's probably because we're talking about some fears and tunnels but it makes me think of when we go through an initiation such as birth too tunnel birth and not knowing what it's going to be like or if we go through the initiation of death which is kind of like a tunnel into the unknown i imagine that that plant is really helpful yes oh that's a really good i never thought of using it for the the gateways of life and death Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah it's a yellow monkey flower yeah yeah that's beautiful I love it when we are together. I always get downloads. Yeah. It's great. Same. Ditto. You're a good friend, good colleague, and friend, and just 
Yeah, really good knowledge. Yeah. I think what I'd like to say that you just woke something up in me of, of a point, um, initiation. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do these sage apprenticeship programs, mm-hmm. and I'm also calling them, my husband came up with the name, he's a really good wordsmith, uh, they're the Wild Temple, mm-hmm. and it's bringing yoga, tantra yoga, and herbs into into the wild, and also into this the wild within you, <clears throat> waking up this innate, pristine, eternal self that is so buried and so hidden in our hearts and in our lives. It's how can we mm-hmm. tap into that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the how I lay out the program is really, again, it's a methodology where we first work on the physical level and uh, we meet the plants and we don't do basic herbal medicine making and go out by the river and we you know, sit with incense, cedar, or whatever is in the, in the field at the time. And, and then once we're there, I mean, for that, a lot of people, that is an initiation. It's just getting in their bodies mm-hmm. and being embodied, I feel is that bridge between the yogis and the herbalists where a lot of the yogis have this spiritual oomph to it, this juiciness that they mm-hmm. carry and they understand like there's more than just the mind and there's spirit and there's this sense of feeling held and supported by whatever, nature, God, Jah, Krishna, whatever they want to call it, but they can be disembodied. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not this deeper connection I'm finding in the yoga communities to really being in nature or in, in with the earth. And mm-hmm. um, some people find it through food, food, sadhana, food practice is really important for being connected in that way. But to bring it even one more level deeper to the to the herbs you know and even the yogis meeting the herbalists it's it's <laughs> like old friends reuniting mm-hmm. and the being around the yogis the herbalists kind of get out of the, the being so heavy in the body right you know where we can be so focused on this blood flesh and bone right and the diet and you know you must eat paleo or you must you know stay away from ashwagandha it's a nightshade you know like <laughs> Um, there can be too much of this focus where we're not letting in that divine grace and that mm-hmm. feeling of being supported and held and um, and empowered to really stand up and be the healers that we need to be. So my sage apprenticeship really tackles this idea of radical healing. How can we be empowered to do the things that we need to do to pull together the tools that we know we need in our lives with our, if we have children, if we have a cat that has, you know, tendency towards epilepsy or, mm-hmm. you know, dogs that get attacked by other dogs. You know, we need to have our tools at hand, our apothecaries built so that we can just be in our day empowered. And then we're tending to that survival level with ease, the root chakra with ease. Then we can start to, when, when all that's stable and secure, then we can start really bringing our lives and our energy more up into our hearts, more up into this, you know, the upper chakras, which is, you know, what they're all saying. We're waking up on this planet. You know, it's a dark time. Yeah, sure, because it's like a canker sore getting worse before we're getting better, right? We're just going <laughs> to birth through that tunnel shoot of the canker sore of <laughs> this dark world. Um, in this awakened, empowered state. And, and I feel it's, you know, radical healing. Like we have everything mm-hmm. we need at our fingertips mm-hmm. and not all of it is, is found outside of ourselves. A lot of it's inside of us and the plants, they help us physically to be whole so that we can even begin to start feeling, you know, like if my body is hurting, I can't tap into that joy and bliss. I can't calm down my mind. So I need my digestive system to be working and you know my nervous system to be relaxed and then you can get into the more subtle realms of plants that actually tend then to um, the spirit and the mind and the flower essences are huge for that homeopathy is huge for that Mm -hmm. where then we can begin to even look at the subtle energies of oh my mind has a tendency to go towards overwhelm Mm -hmm. overwhelm overwhelm every day you know Mm -hmm. so how can I stop that loop right and then we're getting out of survival mode again. We're empowering ourselves with the tools that flood our energy up into our hearts. We become more connected, more involved in our communities, mm-hmm. less out of our own suffering, you know, and just 
in our own ego entrapments of making ends meet or tripping over I am not good enough and then Mm -hmm. all of that falls to the wayside Mm -hmm. and we're just big loving hearts that are able to help others effortlessly Mm -hmm. because we have enough power because we have enough prana because we've been putting up you know good boundaries for self-care that it's effortless it's not a struggle anymore I've heard that you have a trip in India Yes. This is my baby. Yeah. So um, talk about initiations. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I have been gestating this for probably my whole life, but I think for the last seven years, I really, I've been to India a few times, and the first time was absolutely wild and crazy, filled with duality, but it was hard. And my second time to India, I promised myself I would never do that again. I really wanted to be... um, with other people, not alone, uh, know what happens next (laughs) as much as you can. And so my second time was, uh, going with my, um, my yoga sangha, my, my tribe, my yoga tribe, which was my teacher and my grand teacher. Um, so this is the Himalayan Institute again of yoga science and philosophy. And we went during the great Kumbh Mela, which is the biggest spiritual gathering on the planet. Wow. Uh, they had estimated that it was 64, I want to say million people were there. It was Goodness. something ridiculous. Yeah, in Allahabad. And this was um, just a few years ago. And we went with 300 people. So it was a whole different experience where mm-hmm. we were the tourists and the buses, you know, and mm-hmm. um, uh, definitely guarded mm-hmm. in one you know one area we were on a campus and there were gates out and it was good that there were we were that protected because there was a lot of crime and Mm -hmm. um, actually human trafficking going on on the outside so that was really really intense so it was really beautiful to feel um, held in this area of intensity Mm -hmm. and when I left um that trip, I just seeded in my heart that I really wanted to go back to India, but I wanted to go visit the temples. So we did get to see some temples, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the temples that we went to, they were so charged, so beautiful. And you really, again, it's, you know, you're tapping into these dormant pieces of yourself. This is what Tantra is. It's awakening this wellspring of love you didn't even know existed or awakening within you such a grand healing potential that it annihilates that fear, that trauma that you've maybe held for 10 years or grief or something. So the temples are filled with Shakti, filled with power. But we didn't have a guide, so I didn't know what the temples were really about. Mm-hmm. And um, and my intention when I went the second time was I really wanted to understand the goddess. I wanted to understand mm-hmm. what the, this divine mother energy really was about. And I also, it's my second question, I had two questions, was I wanted to know my path, my purpose. Mm-hmm. What is? What am I here for on this planet? And it just gives me goosebumps to think about. So what unfolded through the trip was really, um, I know I'm supposed to be working with women. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm supposed to be working with yoga and the plants. And mm-hmm. so that's where my, my SAGE program came right after working with um, or being in India and asking these questions but the bigger bigger piece I guess is uh, this connection to the divine like what does that mean for me and Mm -hmm. what is this mothering energy that Tantra is really all about recognizing this creation this force as a feminine force Mm -hmm. and that that nurturance that love that fills us all and that supports us and leads us in our journey of life is also of a feminine nature. This is mother consciousness. And Mm -hmm. so being in India really um, seeded that uh, awareness in me. And when I came out of that trip, I wanted to just be able to share that with other people Mm -hmm. and do so in a very safe way Mm -hmm. um, because I understand how India can be intense. And so I remember mentioning it to a friend, and she led me to... um, Harish Johari's family. So Harish Johari was a famous author, cook, and artist. Mm -hmm. He wrote... um, I have one of his books, the Chakra... 
Okay, yeah. yeah. He wrote a book on the chakras. He wrote a book on emotional body. So anyway, so he was this uh, amazing artist and taught so much about Ayurveda, Tantra, chakras, and yantra painting. And he is like the master yantra artist. And in order for the um, the artists to begin to paint the deities, mm-hmm. you start with actually the yantras, the symbols, and that's a whole science in and of itself. Wow! So he was the fatherhead of this um, just amazing group of women, and the women are still alive and thriving. He's passed, but the women live in this house in Haridwar, which is called the Gateway of the Gods. And um, it's on the plains where the Ganga comes from Ganga tree and spills out and it kisses the plains right here at Haridwar. So it's very fresh water um, that comes down. And right where the the Ganga meets Haridwar is this family and they live in a three-story house on the banks of the Ganga. And it's run by a family of, of women. Mm-hmm. So it's three generations. Harish's wife and daughter Seema and granddaughter Anu. And so the the grandmother is always in prayer. And she's just, um, you know, uh, doing ritual in the house and keeping the vibrations really high. The only time mm-hmm. she ever comes out is to feed the animals. Wild That's interesting. That was like my great-grandmother. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, which I think there's a lot to be said for that kind of space holding as an elder. I think so. We we need that as elders or our our elders Mm -hmm. to have a place in society to do that kind of space holding and for us to honor those space holders is Mm -hmm. is really big. Um, So her daughter, their daughter Seema, is the one who um, will be taking us on the yogini temple tours. So there mm. are so many temples in Haridwar. It was really hard for me to pick. Um, but one is actually from our tradition. It's Chamunda, the Chanda Devi temple. It's actually, she's the, the demon slayer of fear and anger. Um, and then there is the Mansa Devi temple. And these are two temples on either side of the Ganga that we go up and um, offer our wishes to. So what is it that we want wishes fulfilled in life? And I'm really excited because Seema actually knows a lot about these temples. And so we'll just get the download of what all the temples are about. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm leading this retreat in India, and mm-hmm. it is in Haridwar on the banks of the Ganga. Um, I'm offering 100-hour yoga teacher training where every morning and evening we'll be on the rooftops practicing yoga, tantra yoga, and, you know, empowerment and finding those right tools that work for us, uh, and sangha, so talking about things and really uh, getting deeper into the wisdom and the science and the the why does this work in this way, understanding Mm -hmm. of tantra, that will be on the rooftop overlooking the ganga every day. Um, and then we'll alternate in the afternoons. We visit these temples. Many of them are yogini temples, such as a Shakti temple. There are temples to the goddess. There's also a healing temple of one of my favorite mantras called the Mahamritanjaya mantra. Mm-hmm. And many Ayurvedic practitioners work with that mantra as well. It's known as the freedom mantra because it frees you from the fear of death. Mm-hmm. also fear in general mm-hmm. um, but it's also known as the healer's mantra because it helps to pull to you the right plants the right mm-hmm. herbs the right conversations the right healing benevolent forces that you need to be mm-hmm. whole it's also very protective mm-hmm. um, so that's I think in that mantra they talk about liberation from the vine and the cucumber yes. to help with that severance that's those those karmic cords, those patterns. It kind of slices the cucumber away from the vine of that those things that trap you down. Yeah, oh, I like that. The freedom mantra. Mm-hmm. So we'll be going to one of those temp that that temple actually. There's a sacred Rudraksha tree, which is you know the the malas that you often see that are a little bit lumpy and kind of hard, very hot. Mm-hmm. Right, um, and then alternate days from visiting the temples, we have the daughter Anu is our cook and she's going to be leading us and teaching us Ayurvedic cooking Mm. which has been this family's main practice for I would say centuries that is their sadhana their spiritual art is art so painting 
and you know an authoring of books but really the practice is through food wow so the piece that i love about this is because again it ties in plants and nature Mm -hmm. and tantra they are they are tantrics um it helps us embody our own divinity and connection to food in a way that's loving and graceful and Mm -hmm. i feel will really make our kitchen a place that's sacred you know, mm-hmm. instead of this, like, oh gosh, it's the end of the day. I'm so tired, right. and now I got to cook this meal, and I'm really bummed. Instead, it's like, ooh, let's be, you know, alchemists mm-hmm. in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and look at all these colors. I'm going to put these different colors together to enhance these vegetables, and feel that as nourishment, deep nourishment that's going to mm-hmm. carry me into my dreams, sound mm-hmm. sleep, waking me up in the next morning, vital, whole, you know. Yeah, I love that. Your trip sounds absolutely lovely. How can people find out more about it, more about you and um, your offerings? Mm, Thank you. Yeah, so my website is vitalyogi.com, and I have different sections. One has the Sage Apprenticeship Program, which is offered here in Nevada City, California, at the California College of Ayurveda. Um, I offer that one day a week, and so it's freeing me up for the weekends to then offer my program in Berkeley, and I'm going to be bringing it down to San Mateo and then out in North Carolina, so different Mm -hmm. weekend segments of the Sage Apprenticeship, which is radical healing and tantra Mm -hmm. and the wisdom of the herbs. Um, And then these retreats, there's another section on my website. I have it under India, and then I have one under Peru. There's a Peruvian retreat. I'm still gestating, so not ready to talk about that one too much. But everything is broken down to 100 hours. Mm -hmm. So they're 100-hour immersions. The Haridwar India is a 100-hour yoga teacher training where um, you will be certified with CEUs if you're already certified through Yoga Alliance. And if you're not... Um, my Sage Apprenticeship is a 200-hour foundational yoga teacher training mm-hmm. with, again, the heart of it on radical healing and herbalism. And then each 100-hour immersion, which is going to be traveling the world, will add on to that to make the 500-hour level school. Mm, yeah, that so that's absolutely beautiful. Vitalyogi.com. Mm. Yeah, and I'm Brooke. so thank you so much for being with us today it's been such a pleasure two friends hanging out right thanks monica (laughs) you have been listening to the herb nerd podcast which is all about herbs healing and spirituality that's all for this episode and until next time for more inspiring advice and to learn how to cultivate your inner sanctuary, head on over to my website at www.theherbnerdpodcast.com or find me on Twitter or Facebook. And to show the world that you're an herb nerd, please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It really does make a difference. Five stars. The Herb Nerd Podcast is an educational resource, so stay tuned for the next discovery of the many musings of the herbal world.